Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and this week there are three films up for review. First up, there's Downton Abbey, A New Era. Then there's Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney+, and finally, The Ballet on Hulu. First up is Downton Abbey, A New Era, and that title is an absolute lie because there's nothing new about this film, and that's okay because I don't think you're going to watch Downton Abbey, A New Era because you are looking for anything new or revelatory from these characters. You are looking for the ones that you know and love, and that is what this movie delivers. I do think the biggest challenge of this film is that one, the cast has grown so exponentially at this point that it's kind of challenging to give any character enough screen time to really delve into their stories. And Downton Abbey, A New Era is just sort of like a mishmash of a few minutes with these people and a few minutes with these people. And, you know, because they're all interconnected, you're supposed to care. But I wish there had been, I don't know, more focus on one person. But I think they were trying to be very egalitarian about giving screen time to everyone. And I also got to say, just when I thought there were no more British actors to add to the cast of these films or shows or whatever, they found two more. So the cast of the show is back. You've got Hugh Bonneville, you've got Jim Carter, you've got Michelle Dockery, Brendan Coyle, Alan Leach, Elizabeth McGovern, Sophie. I could, I could keep going. Obviously, thankfully, Maggie Smith is back because what would Downton be without Maggie Smith? And then this time around, they've also added Dominic West and Hugh Dancy. And the premise, there's two kind of a and B plots. It's one, somebody wants to make a movie at Downton Abbey and use it as the set. And then two, uh, uh, Maggie Smith's character, the Dowager Countess, has inherited a house in France. And why has she done so? That's the that's the other plot. It's fine, right? This is this is my thing about it. I wish we'd gotten like a mini series or like a sub sub mini series or like a four hour special for the holiday, something along those lines. But we just we rushed through a lot of it, which is kind of a bummer. And then again, as I said before, we because we just spread things out so much, I didn't really get, I got like one-off lines from characters I cared about and then they just sort of fade away and you see somebody else and it, it just felt very all over the place. And then trying to dramatize certain things and raise the stakes when it's like, mm, are you either going to give us a cliffhanger at the end of this movie or are you going to resolve this like very dramatic thing very quickly without giving any due time to it because you've already been trying to follow 20 other characters? Didn't quite work for me. So. If you like Downton Abbey, this is fine. This is, I'm not going to say great. Also, I should say, you do need to know everything about all the other characters to this point. I had to watch a little like two minute explainer video of everything that happened in the last film because I don't remember any of that and it was not significant enough to retain in my memory. I generally remember where people are kind of at from, uh, you know, the end of the series, but, you know, then the film did all this stuff and it's been a while since I watched it. It's not something I've gone back to, so... There is an explainer video that catches you up. Please watch that before. Obviously, if you've never seen Downton Abbey as a whole, you're not going to watch this. This is not for you. You've had plenty of other opportunities. And, you know, if you were going to get a point of entry, it was going to be the show. So this Downton Abbey A New Era is absolutely not that point. But if you are a fan of the show, this is fine. It scratches that itch a little bit, you know, closes out some stories that's like, oh, I don't know if I wanted that to end. But, you know, these characters can't go on forever because the world around them is changing and all these things that the film tries to explore and then just scratches the surface of. The question is, should you see it in a theater? I don't think you need to see this in a theater. I'm sorry to say, you know, that it's just also, I think the target demographic for this, you know, COVID spiking, don't go to a theater and it's not necessary. Like, you know, it's, it's, please wear a mask if you do. Um, wear a mask anyway. But I think this will be a wonderful watch when it's out on streaming, which will probably be very shortly. But you don't need to get to a theater to see it. But that doesn't mean don't watch it. It just means like you'll be fine if you don't rush to see it. But I'm going to give Downton Abbey a new era 3.3 out of 5. 
I'm going to take a quick break and be right. And I'm back. And then the next film I have is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And if you had told me that this would be amongst one of my favorite films of the year so far, and it's not been the strongest year, but there have been some really good films this year as well. I would have told you you were bonkers. And then I watched this film and I was like, oh, wow. You know, people were hyping it up. And I was like, there's no way because people were hyping up something like The Northman. And I was like, you know, and I thought The Northman was fine. But and this is nothing like The Northman. But, you know, I was like, oh, I don't believe the hype. I I just really ended up enjoying Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I remember watching the cartoon when it was on briefly, but I wasn't a huge fan. You know, I wasn't like a, a hardcore Chippendale fan. I don't. I don't know who, actually, no, there are plenty of people who were, so I don't know why I would say, I don't know who is, clearly there was enough of an audience, but whatever they did with this, it's just, I should also set this, if you've listened to my reviews before, you know that I come from an animation background, and there are so many animation and animation industry jokes in this, and I, half the time I was just asking, how did they get away with this? It's very funny, so the premise is that basically Chip and Dale were actors playing characters Chippendale Rescue Rangers and so now we are seeing them you know as their sort of actor lives outside and past the show you know it's, it's a little there's a bunch of stuff about kind of like conventions and washed up actorhood and all this stuff and just being in the nerd community I was like this is very funny um, and very accurate in a lot of places then there's just a lot of sort of like animation history humor a lot of references to other properties that again I was like how did they get away with this like what was the licensing agreement you get so many of these things into this film and it's always funny and it's always close to like almost too referential, but because it doesn't go there, it, it makes it that much better, right? It's like, oh, they know where the line is and they know how to be funny and toe that line, but they also know how to be earnest. And I just, the jokes were, I, I was just like, I don't know how to describe it. I was like, this is a Dana movie. I really enjoyed it. The animation at times can get a little weird. And it's, it's ironic because the 2D animation, which, you know, you think this is technical, this is a Disney production. You think they'd have that down pat. It just doesn't work quite as well. It's it's Roger Rabbit-y in that these characters exist as cartoons, but in the sort of humanoid world. There's, this is not too much of a spoiler, but it's it's early on. And it's like, a you know, a, an animated car a baby car gets out of it and goes to like a school that also has humans. And I was just like, what is the logic here? Like, what is this world that they're living in? But truly overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It is directed by Akiva Schaefer of The Lonely Island. John Mulaney voices Chip. Andy Samberg, also of The Lonely Island, voices Dale. So I will say if you are a Lonely Island fan, I think that this, uh, you, you may have been inclined to watch this anyway, but I think you might actually really enjoy this film. You know, I'd say the third act uh, starts to get a little, I'm not, it's not grating, but it does start to fall apart a little bit because then they have to sort of be like, oh yeah, we had a plot, like a real people plot. We should wrap this up. But truly, I had such a delightful time watching this film. I think if you were on the fence about it, I'm actually going to say, go ahead and try watch it. If you were not interested at all, I'm going to say watch the trailer, give it a moment and still, you know, give it a try. If you were like, I absolutely hate this concept. I hate, anime, you know, all that stuff. Okay, fine, whatever you're missing out. And then if you were inclined to watch this anyway, you're going to have a fantastic time. So I'm actually going to give Chippendale Rescue Rangers a four out of five. And then the last film I have this week is called The Valet. It's a remake of a 2006 French film. And I realized that that immediately may have put some people to sleep, but hear me out because I don't think it's anything like the 2000. I mean, it is like the 2006 French film, but it's a very modern take on it. So the premise is that there is a, a you know famous, in this case, she's an actress in the original one. She's a model who is having an affair. Sorry, spoilers, uh, but not because it's in the trailers uh, with a billionaire. And they are photographed together. And there's a, a third person who's photographed with them who was there on accident. And they turn out to be a valet. And so they fake a relationship 
between the uh, valet and the, the actress in order to sort of throw people off the scent of the story of that there's an affair. And, you know, this premise is it's one that we see a fair amount in terms of like, uh, you know, very famous person, a very famous woman, actually, and like average Joe. You know, we just saw it with I can't believe I'm making this comparison, but like marry me is a similar broader conceit, you know, where J-Lo is a J-Lo basically. And then she ends up dating Owen Wilson, who's just a, just a teacher. But the problem with this film is that all of the stuff that involves the, the Hollywood parts and her being an actress and the paparazzi and all these things does not work for me. It is dated. It just doesn't make sense anymore. You know, the sneaking around the Instagram stuff. I just, and, and no, so it's, this film is a whole stars uh, Eugenio Derbez, who plays Antonio. You might recognize him from Coda. Uh, he's also one of the biggest stars in Mexico. Samara Weaving plays the actress. Max Greenfield plays the billionaire. Betsy Brandt plays his wife. And the thing I really liked about this movie was there's a beautiful sort of spotlight on community and family and immigrants and, you know, Eugenio's family. And he works with his like brother-in-law and just those moments I really, really enjoyed. He lives with his mom and there's just like some very funny moments with her. And she's dating their landlord, who's a Korean man. And she only speaks Spanish. He only speaks Korean. It's just like super cute. Just these moments of community. And like there's family humor that I think works really, really well. But then this whole trying to convince everyone that like, you know, Eugenio is in a relationship with one of the hottest starlets of the time. And they they make his character a little bit younger. But he's like 60. And she's, I mean, in real life, he's 60. He's supposed to be like 47 in this. Which isn't a huge difference, but it's a huge difference. And, you know, she's got to be, what, 25 in this character-wise. It's just. You know, it doesn't hold up anymore. Also, I think the thing that holds up the least is the idea of trying to make him look like an average Joe. You know, they give him this terrible haircut and like a mustache, but I'm still like, you are clearly actually internationally speaking and now starting to be like, you know, including the US in that. One of the most famous people. Like, you're very recognizable. You're a good looking guy. Trying to ugly you up is not actually that easy. And and then the just that I'm sure she's like a fine actress and other things, but her trying to be this unlikable character kind of succeeds in that I didn't like her at all. And there were very few redeeming moments for her, even when she's trying to be, you know, a better person or help him out or whatever it is. It doesn't come off well. And and some of that actually I do think is in the writing, so I'm not going to completely blame her. Max Greenfield is fine, but I think this all lies on the shoulders of Eugenio. And it's a good thing that he's a very personable character and actor. And so, you know, there's a charm enough to get you through the movie. This is out on Hulu. So, you know, if this was like just a theatrical release, I'd be like, mm, maybe you want to skip. But if it's on Hulu and it's looking for something, for lack of a better word, mindless, this will totally scratch that itch. But of the three movies, I still got to say Chippendale Rescue Rangers was not expecting that to be the one I wanted to watch this week. But anyway, I'm going to give the valet three out of five. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing. 